I'm Kim Raycon, Marketing Associate for Harper Academic, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of Harper Academic's podcast, Harper Academic Calling. Our podcast is designed to give educators and students, as well as every reader, a behind-the-scenes chat with a range of our authors, from well-loved favorites to up-and-coming debut writers, about their books. Harper Academic Calling, Alyssa Nutting. If you've ever heard even some of the buzz surrounding Alyssa Nutting's second novel, Made for Love, you know that it's very funny, a bit weird, and unlike anything you've ever read before. Made for Love introduces us to Hazel, who, fleeing the controlling clutches of her tech mogul husband, has just moved into a trailer park of senior citizens with her widowed father. There's also Jasper, a con man, who develops what I'll call a penchant for dolphins, a troubling look into where our love of technology may take us, a hilarious encounter with a pink flamingo lawn ornament, and Diane, an incredibly lifelike sex doll. It doesn't sound like it should come together to make a poignant novel that explores the pain and absurdity surrounding our ways of making meaning in our lives, but it very masterfully does. Through her use of dark humor and studied examination of excess, Made for Love is among the finest and most emotive examples of the absurd in contemporary fiction today. Made for Love, published by our imprint Echo, is available now. On the phone with us today, we have Alyssa Nutting, author of Made for Love. Alyssa, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. No problem. So I, I admit that when I first heard about Made for Love, uh, a friend of mine who does marketing for Echo, she told me about it. She told me that she read the novel on Christmas Eve, and she read it through in one sitting and was totally excited about it. And she's like, I can't even explain this to you. She's like, you just have to read it. And I thought, well, all right. Uh, and I, I read it, and I absolutely loved it, number one. So I'll, I'll lay all of those yeah. cards on the table. Um, but when I was finished, I just thought to myself, now how in the world would I describe what this book is about to someone else? And I was talking with one of my colleagues in library marketing about that particular problem, and she asked if I had read Roxanne Gay's blurb that she gave for the book. And I hadn't, and I looked it up in our system, and Roxanne Gay gave me the greatest sentence I think I have ever read in a publicity blurb ever. She said, there are sex dolls in a senior citizen trailer park and brain chips and a con man who loves dolphins, and still the story makes sense like a motherfucker, <laughs> yeah. which, which is wonderful, and I really would like that on a mug. But the, for me, I just think that Made for Love is such a wonderful example of the best of the absurd in contemporary fiction today. So why was the use of the absurd such an important part of the plot for you? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I also kind of had had a lifelong dream to have, like, the word motherfucker <laughs> on the book cover, you know, in, in some place. So, um, like, almost all my dreams, Roxanne Gay made that possible, too. Yeah, I, I feel like, I mean, we're living in really absurd times. Yeah. Um, and I mean, primarily more than that, I mean, I, I think, um, pain is so absurd, mm -hmm. um, suffering is so absurd, and that's really kind of, I'd say, the primary gravity, you know, that, that inspires me to write. I have 
depression. You know, I, I've kind of had some lifelong issues with it. And I mean, it, it's just kind of the, the puzzle piece, you know, that, that, that really daily, you know, my, my mind struggles with, you know, this, this just kind of why uh, uh, sort of all of these horrible things are happening and, and you know, the, just the aspects of life that, that can be so terrible and are truly, you know, at, at times completely out of our control. I mean, the absurd really appeals to me in that way. And I feel like, you know, in, in kind of making these these more obvious aspects of, of life's absurdity really kind of super, super visible, you know, kind of like glowing and nuclear mm-hmm. um, that, that can kind of illuminate, you know, um, the, the sort of more hidden, invisible absurdities that, you know, are, are definitely with us every day, but, you know, we, we try to forget you know, in, in order to kind of have, have our lives, um, you know, and, and some days it's easier to forget than others. I was just really struck every, it was a novel that I had a hard time putting down. And for me, part of it was just that things, things just, things and people, I guess, just kept getting more absurd as you went along. But the world that you created in Made for Love made all of those things utterly and completely believable. They all made sense. As it, as it was going on. So I, I, it was really just incredible, quite frankly, because it, it's, that's a hard thing to juggle with, um, making so many things sort of go nuclear, as you said. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I kind of take comfort, you know, in, um, in excess and in exaggeration. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I feel like when, when things are, are turned up full volume, um, a lot of times for me, it's it's kind of a, a relief, you know, um, mm-hmm. be, because I feel like, you know, all of us in different ways, we have kind of our, our different pains and obsessions and anxieties, you know, so I feel like every single person in some way, you know, has, has kind of these unique aspects to the way that, that they're in the world, um, you know, where, where something that's either worrying me or bothering me or, you know, hurting me. Um, is kind of turned up, you know, to to a volume that, you know, other people can't hear, you know, Um, and that each of us have these, these, like, painful frequencies, um, you know, and and sort of just through, through kind of hyperbole, you know, and and through exaggeration, I, I feel like we, we sort of, you know, get to metaphorically experience that intensity, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that kind of defines for us the, the places and the ways, you know, that, that, our lives are our most difficult, you know, for us in a really individualized way that that others, you know, would have a different experience with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and something else that gets turned up a lot is the idea of surveillance mm-hmm. uh, in the novel, and of course, Hazel's husband Byron uh, is perhaps probably the, the the biggest person that is tied to to the idea of surveillance in in the novel. Is Byron more threatening because of how he tries to control? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, there, there's something about technology, um, and I mean, I think, I think that this is different, obviously, for people who who don't, you know, perhaps work in the tech sector. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I, um, I'm, I'm completely, you know, obsessed, addicted, etc., to Apple products. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like so much of my, you know, in Google, you know, so much of my life is kind of uh, organized, right, mediated through 
um, Apple products and, and Google, you know, and Google products. And I, I mean, for me, I feel like, you know, there's always that sense of like, you don't really know, you know, it kind of all seems like magic, you know, sort of like how it's working and, um, you know, sort of like what they're, what they could know about you or what they could see about you. Um, and I mean, you, it, it's, it's kind of one of those, you know, things also, you know, that you just sort of like try to suppress, you yeah. know, um, you want to, or I, I really want to sort of have this, um, you know, suspended you know, disbelief where I, I just feel like, you know, there are these really benevolent things in my life, you know, like made for me, made with my best interests at heart, you know. Um, I know that that, you know, is not true, but that's how it feels. Yeah, yeah. It's not that they really want to pull all of your personal information and everything you've done for the past, like, 10 days, yeah. Of course not. Yeah, I mean, you know, lately, it's, they're, they're so, these products, I mean, they're so individualized, you know, and I mean, you have such an intimate, I have such an intimate relationship with them, you know, I mean, like, my phone is always in bed with me, even, you know, like, I, I sleep with it on my pillow, um, you know, not healthy, um, <laughs> but I do, and, and so, I mean, it, it's really hard, you know, to sort of, like, remember, like, oh, you know, like, like these are, are not, you know, made, like, specifically for us and for, you know, like, our, our kind of, like, healthiest, best life, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah. I mean, these are the products of, you know, insanely powerful, um, you know, corporations who, you know, who are, are sort of, you know, making and, and sort of using technologies that, um, that I, you know, certainly don't understand. And, and that, I mean, I think, like, most of us, you know, we, we want to know, like, what they can do for us, you know, we don't quite understand you know or I don't ask like well what does this do for them right yeah um yeah so I I mean for me like that that is kind of this you know the sinister cloud right you mm -hmm. know like in in kind of contemporary times that um that I feel like we haven't really had to deal with in the same way um you know I have a 12 year old stepdaughter and I'm just constantly thinking like how glad I am you know social media I mean I've said you know like horrific you know dumb embarrassing you know ignorant things like in you know my like late 20s early 30s you know I can't imagine some of the stuff I would have posted mm -hmm. right yeah a 14 year old you know a 15 year old um yeah, so I, I think that that's, it's definitely something, um, something new, you know, that, that kind of makes things that, that in the past were really either, you know, transient or kind of ineffable or only the people in the room with you, you know, kind of had any sort of access, right? Now suddenly they're, they can be permanent, you know, or screenshot. And, and so, I mean, in that way, you know, I, I definitely think that Byron, you know, the, the fact that it's, the fact that it's um, a technological control mm -hmm. um, sort of adds this extra sinister layer. Yeah, and there, and there is, of course, the other extreme when Hazel meets Liver in the bar after sort of decamping to her, her father's house. Um, he's someone who is the complete opposite of her of her husband in, in many, many ways. Uh -huh. um, but one, of course, one of the significant ones for her is the fact that he has no connection to, to that kind of technology or any desire, quite frankly, I don't think, um, right. to have it. Yeah, he's not interested. Um, and I mean, I think that, that that that's kind of also this like central boggling force you know, um, every summer we go up to to this cabin and there's no Wi-Fi, you know, and like the cell signal is, is really weak. 
and I mean, each each summer I kind of pledge anew, you know, to try to like commit myself to the process. Um, yeah, but I mean, it, like it's really it's like this like grieving, you know, like period. And, and when I'm up there, you know, sometimes I mean, it, it just like feels like this this death, you know, that, yeah. that it's been taken away or I don't I don't have access to it. Um, I mean, to the point that you know you you sort of begin to realize how much you know you're kind of. Um, intentionally distracting yourself um, away from like you know feeling things or you know kind of having um, having these moments of stillness you know where where you're kind of alone with yourself and the uncomfortable things that you know can can kind of come out or come up in your brain when that happens yeah you know so I mean I, I think that that's that's kind of this equal fascination you know um, I mean it, it fascinates me when when people you know seem to want very few if you know or even like no almost you know boundaries with technology and it fascinates me when um when people are able to have like complete boundaries to technology yeah uh, and and another sort of big idea in the novel also is is perhaps an obvious one because of the title of the novel but um is the idea of love the concept of love and of being made for love perhaps in a nod to to the characters of diane and roxy who uh i i have this particular mental image of hazel's father um and diane when when hazel first shows up and it's it's not one that I thought that I really ever have, but it's it's a good it's a good one. Uh, it's 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 pretty it's pretty funny. You're um, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> but but love is another concept that sort of deals with pain, obviously, um, and also the absurd. Uh, it, it's something that we use to try and create meaning, and it's it's something that is a driving force for perhaps every character. I think in the book, in one way or another. Is there somebody in Made for Love who gets love right, do you think? No, I really doubt it. Um, let me think. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think so. Um you know, I mean I think I think that that's you know, like like that Hazel's kind of at at the that at, you know, epiphanic place of mm-hmm. um oh, you know, like I, I've been I've been doing this really wrong, um and really externally, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I mean, I do think that that's, you know, something just kind of within, I don't know, with, within my my life, you know, that, that kind of I'm I'm just now, you know, I'm trying to become more aware of and um, and and work on. But I mean, I, I think that we definitely tend to situate and orient love outside of ourselves mm-hmm. you know um sure. and that that's kind of um the essential love story or the one that we love to celebrate in our culture right you know like i mean we don't get like these you know like sweeping wonderful movies or like someone's like on the beach alone like hugging themselves you know <laughs> yeah, or yeah. Saying, like you know like i've 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 reached you know a place after like decades of therapy you know like where where i can sit alone in a room for an hour without crying yeah, yeah. Like, that's never that never gets fireworks yeah you know? um we really sort of you know are told that you know um being successful in love means finding you know another person kind of who completes you mm-hmm. right um and also that 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 relationship is going to be an effortless one mm-hmm. you know um that that when you find the right person relationships somehow aren't work you yeah. know, or aren't hard um you know which i mean I, I think is is like a pretty abusive right kind of narrative yeah. um and unrealistic, really, yeah. 
Definitely. Um, you know, but one that I bought into really hardcore, um, you know, I mean, I, I got married really young. Um, you know, like I, I just turned 21, you know, my husband had just turned 20. Um, and, and I mean, like, I, I definitely think, you know, that was kind of like the driving force behind it, you know, what, what's, what's completely ironic in hindsight, you know, is, I mean, I think like at the time when I got married, I felt like if I do this, I'll never be alone, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Which I'm scared of. <laughs> um, and, you know, the, the sort of, the, the thing is you can be, you can feel far more alone in the wrong relationship um, than you can by yourself. Yeah, and I, and I think that that's something that all of the characters kind of learn in a way, with the exception maybe of maybe of Hazel's dad. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. I have to think about that myself for a bit. But but just but just kind of thinking thinking through his character, he seems he maybe seems to be the one that is kind of okay, the most okay, maybe. Yeah, he, he like he he maybe can't be alone, but like he can be like sans human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the closest. Yeah, to, to, yeah, that actualization of of yeah of happiness alone. So dark humor and absurd humor or something. Those are two other things I think that come out um, in in a book that does deal with with pain and sort of having a lot to figure out for yourself is laughing at it an easy or laughing along with it if you're not laughing at it is laughing at it or with it um an easier way or a more helpful more productive way of dealing with the weighty issues that the novel deals with um i mean that's a great question it's the only way that i know how to do it you Mm -hmm. know Um, yeah I mean, I can say that for me, it would be it would be too much, right? Without humor, um, and I mean, I feel like um, I feel like humor overall looks at sadness in a way that's particularly respectful, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, it it just sort of sets up this kind of you know context where where you're sort of allowed you know to um, to say things. You know, I mean, these like kind of like really blunt, gutting truths, right? Um, that, you know, that might sort of like veer toward, you know, melodrama or, you know, that, that you know, it could just be straight up bleak, mm-hmm. right, um, and, and might feel really untouchable, um, you know, kind of without, without comedy and, and humor. But I mean, I, I just feel, I just feel like even, you know, kind of like watching, um, watching a, a lot of comedy, um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it goes, it goes so, so kind of, you know, so into to pain and hurt um, so fast, uh, you know, just kind of like when oftentimes you're, you're watching like a, a stand-up, you know, skit or, um, or, a, or um, a, a show that, um, that, you know, even has a laugh track, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's something under the surface that, that it's getting at, you know, that, that shows that really kind of like purport to be about you know, really, like, dramatic, difficult things um, oftentimes, you know, either gloss over or stereotype or trivialize or, you know, just kind of look at the surface of, of the issue. Yeah, yeah. So I just have one more question for you before we let you go. Oh, sure. Uh, it's a question that we ask all of our guests. Who was your favorite teacher? Oh, what a good question. Um, I love that question. Um so in, in fourth grade, I had a really amazing teacher, Mrs. Warren, who um, was really kind of like into 
into writing and particularly into my writing. Um, and uh, there were times kind of when like the class would be doing like a different thing, you know, that like I, I wasn't as into and she would let me work on kind of like this poetry book. Um, you know, and, and really sort of always um, always took it, you know, took it seriously, like in a way that, um, you know, I didn't expect, like, from any adult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but um, but really kind of felt like permission for me, you know, um, and really sort of started this identity, um, you know, that um, that was, was really helpful. Um, I mean, I've talked to so many people who, you know, at, at points, kind of talked about like um, influential mentors and and the ways that sort of they shaped how they looked at themselves, you know, and um, I mean, just even like the next year in fifth grade, like, you know, like whenever, whenever she saw me in the hallway, she would say things like, you know, there's the writer, um, oh, you know, that's or, so like, nice. that's the writer. <laughs> um, you know, and I mean, it, it was, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, like I, I was nine, you know, it was the first time I'd ever been called a writer, but, um, yeah, you weren't, you weren't exactly walking around with a quill pen in your hand. <laughs> right. Um, it, 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 it changed something though, you know, like in yeah. my head. Um, and it, it sort of made me start to, to think of myself, right. Um, as, as the writer and in a way, like I, I really needed, you know, I think, um, to, um, to kind of like not, not lose touch, like with that, with that hope and that, um, you know, that, that kind of career choice that at times can seem, you know, like really, uh, just, um, you know, not realistic. Right, right. Well, that's a, that's a wonderful story. I'm so mm-hmm. glad that you shared that story with us. That's that was that's really fantastic. Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for taking the time.